0: time to get ready for the holidays go to oldtimeradiodvd.com forward slash sale and get 10 percent off of all of our great collections of old time radio classic tv classic movies and serials at the lowest prices to be found anywhere visit oldtimeradiodvd.com forward slash sale and save Yes, For all the Apple users, I have a few drives that I purchase for Apple users only at really reduced pricing. Check it out at oldtimeradiodvd.com forward slash sale. You're listening to Horror Old Time Radio. Our second tale of ghosts and the supernatural is told by Hayden Jones. It's The Babysitter, by Alison Prince. Nigel's mother came into his bedroom to kiss him goodnight. "'You will be good, won't you,' she said. "'Mr. Pope is a dear old man. "'It was so sweet of him to offer to babysit.' "'Well, I don't like him much. "'Why couldn't Auntie Betty come?' asked Nigel, frowning. "'I told you,' said his mother patiently, "'Auntie Betty's ill, "'and Mr. Pope has offered to babysit ever so many times.' She bent and kissed Nigel. Be good. Well, tell him I want a story, Nigel shouted after her. Doors banged, and Nigel heard the car start and drive away. Suddenly, he felt very lonely. The sitting room door opened. Mr. Pope came out and started to climb the stairs, his footsteps as slow and measured as they were when he plodded down the garden path. Mr. Pope opened the bedroom door. Your mother tells me you want a story, he announced. Nigel sniffed. Yes, please, he said. Mr Pope smiled slowly. Well, I'm glad about that, he said. Because I've been thinking for a long time about a story I'd like to tell you. He brought a chair to Nigel's bedside and sat down. Nigel stared up at him, fascinated and slightly afraid. Mr Pope's face never quite seemed to go with the big, rough hands. It was a hollow face, Nigel thought. But the strangest thing about him was his eyes. Mr Pope's eyes were very pale blue and he never seemed to blink. He gazed ahead of him with an unwavering pink rimmed stare which never quite fixed on the thing he was looking at. Tonight, Mr Pope's eyes were as unblinking as ever and as Nigel stared up at him he could see the tiny network of veins which threaded the whites of the eyes surrounding the sky-blue circles of the irises with wriggly red lines. Now, this is a true story, boy, every word of it. Afterwards, you must never think to yourself that I made it up. This is the first time I've ever told this story, and I shall never tell it again, not to a living soul. This is your story, boy, just for you. Oh, thank you, said Nightfall. Yes, Mr. Pope went on. I've waited for years for this, to find the right person. And it's me, asked Nightfall, please. ''It's you,'' agreed Mr. Pope. ''What's it called?'' asked Nigel. Mr. Pope thought. ''I never gave it a name,'' he said, ''but I suppose I'd call it Hacky Basham's Glass Eye.'' ''Hacky Basham,'' he said. ''Got his name cos he coughed. Terrible hacking cough it was. That's why we called him Hacky.'' ''Hacky seemed an old man to us kids,'' Mr. Pope continued, ''though I dare say he wasn't much above forty. He'd been gassed in the First World War, you see, boy, and that had ruined him. His hair turned white, and he never hardly worked again through having such a cough. And he lost his eye. How awful, said Nigel. Did he just have a... have a hole? He did, said Mr. Pope. But he had a glass eye that fitted in it, except that it didn't move. you would never have known it wasn't real. What colour was it? inquired Nigel. Blue, said Mr. Pope The same as the other one Just like mine And yours, boy In those days, Mr. Pope went on People didn't go in so much for babysitters But my mum and dad were the careful sort And if they went to the pictures They'd ask Hacky Basham to keep an eye on me But just how he kept an eye on me They never knew How did he? Asked Nigel well, when I was tucked up in bed, said Mr. Pope, like you are now, boy, Hacky had come upstairs, coughing fit to bust, and he'd come into the room and stand there, wheezing, and he'd say, I'm going to keep an eye on you, boy. And he'd take out his glass eye and put it on the mantelpiece, right on the edge, so it was looking at me. If you're naughty, he'd say, "'My eye'll tell me. It always does. "'And he'd go off downstairs laughing and coughing, "'and the eye would look at me. "'Even in the dark I could see it, "'because there was a street lamp outside.' "'How awful!' said Nigel. that was just the beginning,' went on Mr Pope. "'One night my cousin Jack had come to stay. "'He was sleeping in my room on a camp bed, "'and I was glad of his company "'because my mum and dad were going out that night.' Did Hacky Basham come? asked Michael. He did, said Mr. Pope grimly. And he put his eye on the mantelpiece and went downstairs, laughing and coughing like always. Now Jack was older than me, and he said, Here, he said, we'll give the old boy a dose of his own medicine, frighten him for a change. We we'll lied it. And he made me put the bedclothes over my head so I wouldn't see where he put it. "'What happened?' breathed Nigel. "'I lay there with a sheet over my head,' said Mr. Pope, "'and I listened to Jack moving about, looking for a good hiding place. "'I heard him open drawers and shut them again. "'Then he pulled the door of the wardrobe open. "'Then he shut that, and then he opened the window and shut it again. "'You can come out now,' he said to me, "'and he was grinning all over his face. "'You haven't thrown it out in the street, have you?' I asked him and he just laughed and he wouldn't tell me anyway Mr. Pope went on Jack went to sleep I kept thinking about the eye hidden somewhere and still looking at me from wherever it was and I couldn't go to sleep then Hackey came upstairs when he stopped coughing he looked on the mantelpiece and then he came over to my bed
1: where is it?
0: he whispered I told him I didn't know He bent over my bed with his mouth right close to my ear. Whoever took it, he said, will come to a bad end very soon. But you, my boy, I'll keep an eye on you forever. Next morning, Jack looked outside for the eye. There was a window box on our sill, and Jack had put the eye in there, wedged in the earth among the petunias had gone. how odd, said Nigel. Mr. Pope ignored him. When my cousin Jack was going home that morning, he went on, he slipped on the wet road and fell under a tram, killed him stone dead. No, gasped Nigel. And that night, when I went to bed... The eye was on my mantelpiece. He held up his hand as if to ward off any questions. Hackey Basham hadn't been to the house. He never came again. An infection set in that very day in the eye socket. Went through to his brain and killed him. Mr Pope stared through Nigel again with his pale blue eyes. I was haunted, boy. I'd been haunted from that day to this. What do you mean? Asked Nigel nervously. Hacky Basham's glass eye never left me from that day onwards, said Mr Pope. It was always there looking at me. I never knew where it would be if I took out my sandwiches when I went fishing. There it was in the package looking like a hard-boiled egg until it rolled over and stared up at me. If I got in a bus and felt in me pocket for the fare, the eye would be there among the pennies waiting for me to put me hand on it. But how did it get there? Asked Nigel. I wish I knew, said Mr. Pope. It was no good hide in it. I put it in me drawer along with me socks once when I'd asked a girl to come to the pictures with me. I bought her a packet of peanuts in the interval and she opened them there with the eye staring up at her. She screamed the place down. She dropped the eye on the floor before she ran out of the cinema. And that night, it was back on my mantelpiece. Hmm. I I, I don't think it's a very nice story, said Nigel But it's a very special story, Nigel, said Mr Pope Gazing at him with the fish-cold blue eyes Oh, yes, the eye ruined my life I never married, frightened off every girl I met And it lost me job after job by turning up at the wrong moment Well, I'd have told my mother, said Nigel stoutly She'd know what to do Oh, I tried that, said Mr. Pope. I held it out to her on the palm of me hand and said, Mum, this is Mr. Basham's glass eye. And she looked straight at it and said, Oh, don't be silly, dear, there's nothing there. And Dad couldn't see it either. They went to a doctor about me after a bit, thought I was nuts. I had to pretend I couldn't see it anymore or they'd have put me in the madhouse. Nigel gulped. What, what happened? he asked. I, in the end, I mean... Oh, I don't know yet, said Mr. Pope. That's up to you. He felt in his pocket and brought something out in his closed fist. Nigel stared at the scarred knuckles and knew what they hid. Oh, don't, he said. Mr. Pope turned his hand over and opened the fingers. There on the palm lay the glass eye, the pale blue iris pointing directly at Nigel, staring at him with a hard, wide-open, black-centered stare. Tiny veins of red threaded the china-white ball exactly like those in Mr. Pope's own eyes. Nigel couldn't look away. You can see it, can't you, boy? said Mr. Pope. Nigel nodded, speechless. Mr. Pope got up slowly and put the eye on the mantelpiece. There, he said with a dry chuckle. now it'll keep an eye on you. And then he sighed, a small, happy sigh. Peace at last, he said. After a haunted lifetime. I'm grateful to you, boy. Grateful. And suddenly a spasm of violent coughing shook him. Nigel had never heard Mr. Pope cough like that before. He'd never heard him cough at all. It sounded as if the man's lungs were being torn into shreds, so destructive was the fit. Mr. Pope lurched out of the room, and Nigel lay back in relief. He heard Mr. Pope stagger down the stairs, still coughing. Then the coughing gave way to a burst of wild, harsh laughter. After that, there was a tumbling crash, as though a man had fallen down the last few steps of the stairs. Then there was silence. Nigel cowered in his bed, and the glass eye on the mantelpiece stared down at him with an implacable blue gaze. It seemed a lifetime before Nigel heard the car come into the garage. A key scratched in the front door. Nigel's mother gave a shriek of horror as she came into the hall. Nigel heard his father say, Oh, my God, poor old boy. And then his mother came running up the stairs. Mummy, screamed Nigel. Mummy! His mother rushed in and hugged him in trembling arms. The eye, Mummy, begged Nigel. Take the eye away. Nigel, dear. Said his mother. It's all right. Mr. Pope is. Well, he's had a little accident. But everything's all right now. No need to worry. Mummy's here. It was quite obvious that Mr. Pope was dead. But that wasn't what mattered. Nigel took a deep breath. Mummy, he said carefully. Listen, please take that eye away. Hacky Basham's glass eye it's on the mantelpiece look Nigel's mother turned her head to follow the direction of his pointing hand Nigel glanced again at the round white eye that stared at him with its blue triumphant gaze from the mantelpiece and said irritably why don't you take it away Nigel said his mother gently darling there's nothing there The Babysitter was read by Hayden Jones and produced by Dan Garretts